Like our content? It's funded by viewers like you. Please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of New Church Live today. Good morning, folks. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair. Whether you're joining us here from our studio audience in Bernathan, Pennsylvania, or you're joining us from anywhere else across the country, it's wonderful to have you here today. And today what we're looking at is, is we're looking at, at three questions that, that, that really can form our lives and trying to think through how do we really live a life that matters? I mean, that whole idea of mattering is incredibly important to people. And we thrive when we're in environments where we feel like we matter. We tend to shrivel when we're in environments where we feel like we don't. So I want to start out with just a little picture for you here. Here's a picture of a typewriter. Beautiful old school typewriter. It's an interesting picture. One of the things that's been, been over the years has fascinated me is that, that most everyone collects something. And it's been fun over the years. You know, I like doing auction geeky stuff when I have a day off. And, and it's fun to see all the different things people collect. And there's all kinds of different things out there. A fun little party game you can do if you have an open house sometime is to just have people write down what they collect and try to guess who goes with which collection. That's fun. And I was reading this article about this man who collected typewriters. That was his passion. And this is his great typewriter. This is his prime find. This is the thing he loves above all the other typewriters. It's Ernest Hemingway's typewriter. It's interesting, folks, right? Because, because you, look at a, you look at a typewriter, right? And, and you think about all that Ernest Hemingway said that came out of that. And it brings this question. And somebody had said this, posed this to me, and I thought it was really good, really profound point. We live in an era where we, can, where we have the tools to very easily say something. Any of us can go home today and actually say a lot, maybe even say too much <laughs> on social media. But having that ability to just say something doesn't actually mean we have something to say. Big difference between those two. We can say something, but that's very different from having the depth and the richness of having something to say. I think, you know, to be candid, I, I think we're living in a time where we have to be upfront about the fact that, that I think we're struggling with a crisis of story. With the challenge rounds, what's the story that we hold now? That's a big question. And it's, it's not about saying that, that all of history, they all had the answers and here we are lost without any answers. But it is to say that, you know, that, that, that spirituality, religion, faith, gives us a very significant story. Now, do we always have to agree with every part of that story? No, absolutely not. But we have to remember, folks, that, that the value of that story is incredibly important. I was listening to a podcast a couple of months ago, and they had the podcast host came back on to apologize because she'd done an interview and and the interview had gotten a little bit off track where, where they had actually started making fun of religion, uh, fun of pastors, actually, and how sort of lost and goofy all pastors were. And, and it was interesting. She wrote, she read this email she had received, and she said, you know, and I know 
this is the person writing to her, another female writing to the podcast host who's also female. And, and this, this person was writing her saying, I know that, that when I hear a podcast like that, I know that somehow you might believe that if all religion disappeared, the world would be a better place. And oh, that struck home. Because I think maybe times we even lean that way. Like if there weren't churches or religion or things like the Ten Commandments or, or any of this stuff, like if we just didn't have that, that somehow the world would be a better place. What would life be like without story? What would life be like without these deep wells of meaning that all faith traditions hold? Would we really be better? And here's, folks, the challenge is, I think the challenge so much is, are we going to step in and, and try to do something about that or not? Or just allow religion, faith, spirituality to kind of wither on the vine? Now, obviously, <laughs> we're all totally preaching to the choir here because you're here in person or you're here online because you believe the story is worthwhile. And I just want to share that that I appreciate that. I have deep gratitude around that. And deep hope that we can continue as we enter, this is our first service of 2024, that as we lean into our lives, that we can, we can continue to hold that, that this story really matters. I mean, does it matter every week? I, I don't know. Like some, maybe some weeks are better than others in, in terms of seeing it. But overall, folks, I know this. I know lives are made better through faith, through spirituality, through, through seeing a bigger picture that's beyond just our own entertainment and distraction. There's something deeply valuable in what all churches try to do. And we can hear that, folks, again, this, this different story in this psalm that we're gonna be looking at. I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I've cried out to you. Let lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak arrogantly against the righteous. How abundant are the good things you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence you hide them, from all human intrigues, you keep them safe in your dwelling from any tongues that accuse. Beautiful line there about a core essential trust in God. And that's what we're going to look at today. Really looking at this idea of mattering and really placing it within a spiritual context. So that we can leave here today, leave here today inspired, leave here today maybe just touching again on the significance of this story as we launch into 2024. So friends, I am so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that we get to join together as a community spread far and wide and we get to start another year together, another year of learning, loving, serving, connecting, all those beautiful things that make church such a valuable thing to pursue in our lives. So friends, 2024, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live.
There are places I remember all my life. The sun have changed forever, not for better. Some have gone and some remain. All these places have their moments. I still can recall some are dead and some are living in my life. I love them more. But if all these friends and lovers, there is no one compares with you. And these memories lose their meaning Then I think of love as something new Though I know I'll never lose affection For people and things that went before I know I'll often stop and think about them In my life I love you more I know I'll never lose affection For people and things that went before I know I'll often stop and think about them In my life I loved you more In my life I loved you Thank you. Guys. What a beautiful song. And, and today, folks, to, to get started with this idea of mattering, I want to take us back to a time in our life where, where that question is pre really, really central to our, to our life, teenage years, where we really try to wrestle with this question of do I matter or not? And, you know, it's, it's interesting when you, when you look up any kind of uh, statistical analysis on, on where young adults are these days, you know, the, the statistics aren't good. I mean, they're, they're, they're dismal, actually. You know, lots of battles with depression, with addiction, in all kinds of various forms. Uh, you know, suicide rates have been, been going up. And, and uh, you know, one statistic when I was getting ready for this, for this service, 31.9% of teens had some type of anxiety disorder. So that means if you know three teenagers, odds are one of them is dealing with a diagnosable anxiety disorder. That's, that's all pointing to the fact that, that maybe there is this crisis of story. Maybe there is this piece where we're following our own, our own agendas so much that we're finding a lot about our own agendas, but we're not finding real happiness. We're not finding deep meaning. And we're not finding this true mattering. Now, a little aside is, is why does all that matter? Well, you know, again, I'm a hired gun. I'm a pastor, right? Like, this is stuff that, that matters to, to me and personally. And, and it just, it strikes me that with this idea of mattering, that, 
this, this particular way of going at life, like it's, it, it, it works because it is actually who we were created to be. We were created to live in communities that have a glue, that have a binding together. The word religion means to reconnect or to rebind. That have a way of binding together. Now, now that doesn't mean, again, I want to be really clear, it doesn't mean that religions and churches don't make mistakes. They make tons of them, as will any human institution. But when we stop, when we stop sewing things together and, and atomize community, I think there's a challenge there. And so let's take a look at that, folks. So, so I want to start out with this adolescence bit. I want to start out with a question here. What is the hardest part about being a teenager? And here you can think back, or if you have grandkids or kids, or it's a relatively recent memory, or you're actually a teenager watching this service, feel free to text me an answer at 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. To text in an answer, and we'll be using those throughout the service. And a little announcement on that is we have this SMS thing, this new way you can have New Church Live send you text messages, little inspiration during the week via text message, which you are welcome to sign up for. Just put that in the line of your answer and we'll get you signed up for it. But I'd love to hear from you folks. What is the hardest part about being a teenager? And, and I think part of it, folks, comes down to that, that these three questions, which we've addressed before, but I want to do a deeper dive on them. These three questions really are sort of front and center in the adolescent years. And I, and I don't think it goes away. I want to be clear about that. Like, I think a lot of what we wrestle with as teenagers are, are issues that, that maybe are really front and center then, but they're issues throughout our whole life. So here are the three questions. Am I enough? Do I belong? Do I matter? Am I enough? Do I belong? Do I matter? And it's interesting when we look at those three questions and then we think about, okay, so, so we don't want to be leaving it in this negative part. Like, like church really is about inspiration. Little announcement again. Spirit, spiritus, wind, breath, God. So be, to be inspired means that where you, where, where you literally feel the breath of God moving through your life. So inspiration is when we have all these three things, like a Venn diagram. So let's take a look at how that looks when all three come together. All three come together, enough, belong, and matter, and they, they come together very closely, and then right where they all cross over, notice what happens in this next slide. That's where our true self lies. Our true self, it's, it's in this place where, yeah, I'm enough. It's in this place where, Yes, I belong. And it's in this place where what I do matters. It's interesting to, to think of that, folks, because in this is part that I have no idea how to preach this, no idea how to preach this, no idea how to communicate it at all. Probably some of you have a much better idea than I do. It's interesting because when we're in that true self place where all of a sudden enough belonging and matter have all been answered, when we're in that place, the questions themselves disappear. They're just gone. And maybe, maybe that can be, and we're going to be getting into this uh, next week, maybe that can be one of the real gifts of when we get older. 
hopefully, and I don't know, I don't know a whole lot of people personally who've hit that place where those questions go away, but I imagine there's some of them out there. And maybe they don't go away permanently, but maybe they go away for, for extended periods of time. And that is where, folks, from that true self, going back to the typewriter, that's where we find that we're not just saying something, that's where we really have something to say. If God's will is for all of us to feel we are enough, which is pretty clear, Genesis, made in the image and likeness of God. If, if, if God is really, is his whole point is for us to not just feel enough, but, but for us to feel like we belong. Jesus, you know, God was skin on. 12 disciples, 12 people who he relied on, relied on. His right hand, his best buddies. Clearly, that sense of belonging mattered. And if it's also part of God's will, God's creation, that we all have this sense of mattering. You give a little cup of water to a child, as Jesus says, you're doing the work of the Father. Like, it just is interesting, right? When, when we're really in that place, that's where God has intended us from all time to be. That, in a way, is what heaven is like, and that's the way that life works. Now, I want to talk about that for a minute, folks. I want to talk about what is that story from a Christian new church perspective. I want to, want to step over here for a minute for this. When we, look at, when we look at how that all works and how things shift and how things change and how this story grows... From a Christian New Church perspective, and I think when we just look at it, really it's a Christian perspective. Folks, it starts out with this. Like, like the story's really good. The story's really good. Yes, there are hard parts. Yes, there are crises. Yes, there are things that are so unimaginably hard. No doubt many of you watching today are dealing with those things. Some things are so unimaginably hard, we can't believe it. But, but don't, don't take that thing, whatever that hard thing is, and goes like, oh, well, this must be proof that there is no God. Does it actually make it easier to handle that thing if you believe there's no God and no story? I mean, I think that's why we have Easter, so that God, even, even with the hard parts, God can fashion a story around that that doesn't make it all okay, but somehow holds it somehow allows us to just, to, just, to just see it and allow it to just be, oh, this is part of life too. And the story of life, folks, the story of life, it's, it's, it's you know, to encapsulate it, to encapsulate it real simply, it's, from a Christian New Church perspective, it's a return to first. We start out our lives with these deep, these deep feelings of, of meaning and and richness and joy. I think back to a, to a video my daughter sent me and it's of our 18 month old granddaughter and she's playing with water at Longwood Gardens and she's just feeling water and she is the happiest human being on the planet at that moment. From a Christian New Church perspective, that goes right into our heart. And ready for this? It stays there. And we may forget it, uh, it may not even be a conscious memory, but it's, but it's this deep little piece of joyous DNA that is implanted in our very souls. 
Now, of course, life goes on and we have challenges in life and we think about the teenage years, all the challenges that go through that. But folks, remember, any story, and I say this a lot, any story that's a good story, any story you like, any piece of fiction that you think is your favorite piece of fiction, the reason why you love it is because there's problems. And because you watch as the heroes and the the male, female heroes, how they overcome those problems. And then through that, folks, this little tiny silent piece, these little remains from being a child, they just slowly start to grow. We don't even realize it. It's just this beautiful little heart of flesh, again, heart of stone to heart of flesh, this beautiful little thing that starts to grow. And strangely, and in a way that only God can carry off all these challenges, what they're slowly doing is they're slowly knocking off the hard edges. Now, again, do we see all the edges knocked off in this life? No. (laughs) I mean, I think some people, for some people, probably for most people, we just get the journey started. God's not concerned. He's got eternity. But then, folks, that little bit, that little piece grows and grows and grows and grows. And lots of natural good comes into it. We learn to serve other people. We develop a new will that comes out of our conscience. We start to understand right and wrong in a very different way. We we start to really understand, again, this is a whole sermon in and of itself. We're not here to fix. We're not here to help as in like, I am here to help you. We're here to serve. We're here to serve. To have that servant's heart. And that starts, that starts to move through life too. All that starts to grow, starts to accumulate in our souls. And then what happens, folks, then we make the final great transition. The transition from this life to the next. We're going to be covering that in a couple weeks. And that's where we become angels. That's why all this journey, AIT, Angels in Training, that's, that's incredibly good news. Now, now, again, there are hard things that we have to work through through that. There's a growth process. But even that, folks, like the, the, word, the word tov, we, we talk about this a lot in Christian circles. The word tov means good. I mean, that's how the world is created. It's created good. Purposefully did not use the word perfect. Because life is not. Life is not. But I think we can hold with 100% faith, 100% faith, that life is good. I was talking to an older parishioner a couple of days ago, and her and her husband you know, just going through the aging process and he had taken a fall at their house and they're, they're, they're moving into different things, but to taking a fall at their house. And she was telling me what she decided to do was she decided to just, she asked him to just sit there for 10 minutes, get his breath, get his wits. He wasn't seriously hurt or anything, but just to get his wits about him, just to have a time just to sit. And so she brought over his pillow <laughs> And then she sat down with her husband of 60-some years and just sat there for 10 minutes. That, folks, is the world that spirituality, faith, starts to create. That's the greater story that starts to happen. 
that connection to each other, that, that thought of, of what, how we can serve. And, and repentance is a key part of that. Repentance, the word repentance, and this is, this is sort of theology 101, the word repentance literally means to change your mind, metanoia, metanus, and it's where we look at where have we been selfish, where have we been self-serving, where have we been self-centered, where have we been a narcissist, essentially. And it asks us to look at that and then to pray to God to, to take that from us. But as is said over and over again, the beautiful part, one of, the another, one, of not, one of an additional reasons why the story's so good is once that stuff is out of the way, there's incredible beauty underneath. And what we see here, folks, is we see a journey. And the journey is always from head to heart. Yes, in a way, a child starts out at a heart level. But pretty soon, we get all into our heads. You just think about a toddler whose favorite question is why. And then over time, over time, and in God's divine providence, we settle more and more into our hearts. Here's a passage from a piece of Christian New Church theology about that. In the first state, also called the state of being reformed, we have complete freedom to direct our actions with the faculty of reasoning that we have in our intellect. In the second state, the state of being regenerated, we have the same freedom, but we intend to act and think and speak with a new love and a new intelligence that comes from the Lord. So in other words, thoughts no longer become primary. What becomes primary is our heart and the wisdom that comes out of that. I think, folks, to the, you know, I was really blessed. Most of my career has not been as a pastor. Most of my career has been as a high school teacher and administrator. And over the years, it was always so enjoyable working with high school students and their parents and just watching this journey, watching this journey of, of reasoning as they're just turning stuff over in their heads and they're trying to figure it out and, and, and you know, trying to allow their hearts to come more and more central. Now, again, hearts coming more and more central doesn't mean that it's a softness. It just, it just means that, that they're, they're we want to be anchored in a different place than just in our heads. But it was very fun to watch teenagers wrestle with this and to watch them wrestle with reasoning. And I think of many, many stories. I mean, we're in the midst of football season here. Uh, you may or may not like football, but you know, probably know what a mascot is. And a, a mascot is sort of like the Buffalo Bills. It's the Bills, Philadelphia Eagles. It's the Eagles, you know, whatever it would be. And, and I was on duty once and, and listening to these boys and as an administrator, listening to these boys argue. And they were picking different team mascots and wondering who would win. Like would a Jet beat a Bronco? In other words, would an airplane beat a horse? And just watching their reasoning, like this was serious stuff. And it brought a smile because that's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, that's the beautiful part, folks, of, of, of the way that divine providence works. Is divine providence is this, is this beautiful current, this beautiful stream that carries us through our lives. Yes, sometimes it's rainy and rocky and incredibly dangerous and hard. But that doesn't mean the stream is still not going somewhere. And with that divine providence, we can, we can see it and we can allow people the, the space, I guess would be the word, the space to, to do the growth that they're being called to do. 
And we don't need, I think one would be the way to say this here. I don't think we need to necessarily rush it. We need to remind others and to remind ourselves again and again, what's the point? Where are we going with all this? See, and again, folks, that goes back to a really good story. I think when we lose a story, we don't even think about that anymore. Like, where are we going? I don't know. McDonald's. But where we're going, like, allow that question in. Where are you going in 2024? What's the end? What's the purpose? What do you really desire? What's that deep sense of meaning within where you can, where you can sense your true self really coming alive? That's, that's where to start moving. And, and again, it's not that God's not moving us there. God is always moving us there. But what we can do is we can constantly remind each other of the horizons. That there's horizons out there that we can move towards. And we need to keep speaking and articulating what those horizons are because that's how we get to our essential purpose. Our essential purpose. Our essential purpose is to live a life of useful service to others since this is what God desires and intends for human beings. Love is the why, wisdom is the how. I think, folks, there's incredible power when we, when we, can, when we can really start to see that, oh, this is our essential purpose. This is, this is what we're really here to do. It's a different way of answering, answering true self. And it's, and it's as we get into this little video here, and this is a point I'm gonna come back to, friends. It's interesting, it's, it's, it's where the, the shift moves from do I matter to the, to the shift being like, I'm gonna do the things that matter. I'm gonna do the things that add meaning. Do them humbly, do them kindly, do them with compassion. But those are the things I'm going to do because what will we find when we do those things? Like there's a doing element to it. What are we going to find when we do those things? Friends, we're going to find love everywhere. We're going to find love everywhere. Enjoy this clip and enjoy our next song. to give up if you don't get it right the first time but life will always provide a chance for a second try when your body's been beaten up and your faith is broken down you can go the extra mile that allows you to be here now be here now You'll have to do it on your own And no one will be by your side So you can prove to yourself alone That you're prepared for the darkest ride And sometimes it's hard to hold on Although the feeling is far from gone But go on and let yourself be proud Of the moment that you're in now Be here now Be here now 
When I'm feeling far away from the life I've always known I keep it in my yesterdays and let the present be my home When the worries of tomorrow start floating in my head I let it sink beneath the surface Cause it hasn't happened yet And for the loved ones I miss You never be too far Cause the best part about this gift Is that I can keep you in my heart So when I feel I can't go on And I'm feeling down I can hear your voice reminding me Live in the moment and be here now 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 Thank you. As always, friends, thank you for such great little text messages about the things that, that you imagine or you think or you remember the teenage years, the pressure of it. Here's just a few, here's a sampling. Peer pressure and the levels of popularity and recognition. Having adult responsibilities but being treated like a child can be a hard part of being a teenager. Hard part of being a teenager, awash in unwanted emotions. What do others think of me? How has this changed for me since graduating? Smiling face, which is so true. That was, that's sort of the punchline, to be honest. Exaggerated emotions, lots of ups and downs. Also, the inability to recognize that your feelings are exaggerated and being able to manage those emotions. Peer pressure, not realizing what is good and not good. Peer pressure, approval, direction, belonging. Folks, and there's, there's lots of other answers, I'm sure, on the other platforms. It, it's, just, it's just an interesting question. And, and the person, you know, sort of little foreshadowing, they said what I would say was, was those things don't change that much. I mean, they do change some, thankfully. And maybe those concerns, hopefully for most of us, are not as front and center as they were when we were 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. But I imagine there's lots of it in there where you heard it's like, oh, yeah. That's it. See, and, and friends, just, just breathe for a minute. That's why we need stories. I mean, I, I think so much of, of the life of faith, it's, it's not a life that gives answers to all things. But it sure does give a great story. It gives this idea meaning. It gives us idea why we're here. And for those people right now who are like, ah, but it's all about churches controlling people, you give that one up. That's not true. <laughs> it's all about, with the church, it's, it's all about, in my mind, it's like people who found something that they, that they know really matters and that they know can bring deep joy and meaning and healing to people's lives. And what do they want to do? They want to share it. Very few people want to use religion for control. There are some, of course. But the vast majority of people, in my experience, don't come from that perspective. They come from a perspective of really, really trying to see this, this idea of meaning. And, and that's one of the most beautiful parts, folks, again, of, of Christianity is, 
is that idea of the Lord coming to earth, the divine human, fully divine, fully human, both and. Fully divine, fully human, both feet in both worlds. And, and this idea of the Lord coming to earth and the Lord coming to earth, not here necessarily to, 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 change, to change God's view of us, but to change our view of God. To see God, like literally to see God. And to see God in a way where we can get like, oh yeah, this is the way, this is how we can walk through life. That's again, I mean, it's a 101 kind of statement, which I've made a lot of this today's service, but, but it's an important one that we all need reminded of. That's why Jesus never said, worship me, never. What he consistently said was, follow me. Take on this path, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take on this way. Because that's where we'll come to find who we actually truly are. That's where we'll come to find this true self. Going back to the Psalms. But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. I think the enemies is an internal enemy here. Let your face shine on your servant. I love that line. Save me in your unfailing love. That's, folks, where again, when we, when we, when we do this journey together, and it has to be done together, I should say, we learn to really trust and move. That's so much part of life. Trust and move. Put your feet on the ground. Take the next step. Put your feet on the ground. Take the next step. That's trusting and moving. That's, that's what faith actually looks like. It's easy again, and it's, it's a little bit of a science song to hold faith like some some, some post-it notes up there on the side of the stage that if I just read and I agree to all the post-it notes that somehow like that's faith. And I have all these intellectual things that I get and I understand and I give them all a big thumbs up and I like them on Facebook, we're good. Not really. Doesn't mean that those things are bad. Doesn't mean that we're bad if we think that way. But it means that what God is asking us to do is to put both feet on the ground and move. To trust and move. Because, friends, you know, there is, there is a true self out there. Or maybe I should say, in there. <laughs> Each of you has it. You know it. I, sometimes I wonder this. I don't know, maybe you want to talk about this with me later. But, but sometimes I wonder, yeah, maybe other people see it better than we do ourselves. I think about when we really love somebody. We really love them. The deep, truest forms of love. Isn't that what we fall in love with? Their true self? Where we see this part of them that is enough. We see this part of them that matters. We see this part of them that belongs. Even when times they can't see it, we still can so I think, and there's, there's so many, folks, there's so many pictures we could have used. So many, so many, so many, so many. 
And, and I just picked one because it brought a smile. It just brought a smile. I was thinking, all right, so we take these three and we come to the Venn diagram. We come to where all these things, things go across each other, where they all cross. What picture would I use? Well, this is a New Church Live picture I would use. This was from this week. That's the team that went down to St. Francis Inn. Notice the age difference there, folks. Notice the different backgrounds of all those people. Notice the joy in their faces. Matter, belonging, enough. I mean, there it is. I don't know how long it lasted for them, probably until I-95. But <laughs> it, was, it was there, folks. It was there. And that's where I want to come back to that point. You know, it's, it's where there's this beautiful shift, uh, do I matter? And it becomes, well, now I'm doing the things that matter. This is a little aside to any teenagers who might be watching out there. If you're struggling with the question, do I matter? No one can give you enough of a good answer for that, to, for that question to go away. At least, I don't believe so. There is no, you could hear a hundred times, yes, you matter, a hundred times, yes, you matter. You could call your grandmother every day and she will tell you you matter. My guess is, though, that you won't really live into the answer. You really won't find it as part of your lived experience until you do the things that matter. Both feet on the ground. Trust and move. That's where we start to find those things in new ways. Typewriter. When we trust... When we move, when we put our feet on the ground, when we take a step forward, when we follow the way, when we really make this a lived story, not just one we hold out at arm's length, typewriter. We'll still have times where we're just saying something. But what we'll find is we'll find lives now where we actually have something to say. We have something to say, but it's no longer about us. It's about other people. It's about the greatest story. It's about finding the life that you were created to lead. It's about finding your true self. It's about finding, in the end, friends, home. It's about finding home. Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, is we're going to close the service with a little meditation, a little prayer, a little blessing, and then we'll have our final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for our ability to think through this together and maybe live our way into new answers places where we really find the beautiful confluence of mattering, of enoughness, of belonging. Help us define that, Lord. And, and we start from this basic premise that that is your very role with divine providence. That is where we're going, Lord.
help to maybe ease us a little more gently along the journey, the journey we are on, the journey that is our lives here and now, be here now, the journey that is our way home, our way to heaven. Remembering that our job is to live as best and imperfectly as possible, to live heaven here and to live heaven now and to live heaven where we put both our feet on the ground and we move, we step, we lean in, we serve, we move from just saying something to really having something to say, something we say with our feet, with our bodies, with our hands, with our love, with our care, with our compassion, with our humility, with our inspiration, with our courage. Thank you, Lord, for all those incredible gifts, gifts that we find on the journey, gifts that we share with others. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace and bring you home. Amen. Friends, have a great week.
supposed to be. I don't want to be anything other than me. My whole situation came from clay to stone and now I'm telling everybody I don't want to be anything other than what I've been trying to be lately All I have to do is think of me and I peace of mind I'm tired of looking around the room wondering what I'm trying to do or who I'm supposed to be to be anything other than me. Thank you, have a great week.